Hello and welcome to Lessons with Dad. I am here with my daughter Ruthie. Hi. And we are super excited to have her sister Meredith joining us today. Hello, podcast people. <laughs> Meredith is back for summer vacation from Baylor before she starts her senior year. And so uh, we are going to be going over the last chapter of the book of Luke. So we're going to be concluding the the book of Luke, and then we'll begin our next our new series next week. Um, but Ruthie, before we begin chapter 24, we ended chapter three, 23 with the death and burial of Jesus. What do you think if all, all of the uh, gospels stopped right there? That was the end, death and burial of Jesus. What do you think uh, would we have Christianity today? Would it change anything? What would be different? <clears throat> there wouldn't be like the resurrection story. That's right. That's right. And so what? without the resurrection story, what do you think that would mean for Christianity? Mm, it wouldn't really be a thing. Probably wouldn't. It'd be if it would substantially change it, wouldn't it? What do you think, Mayor? Um, I agree. Definitely wouldn't be a thing <laughs> because I don't know, like the whole gospel is like Jesus dying for our sins and then like being raised from the dead. And then like that whole idea is what Christianity is. And so without, you know, his resurrection, he was just another guy that died that claimed a bunch of stuff that wasn't true because he told his disciples and everyone like why he was there and for him to just die, it would make all of his sayings and teachings false. Yeah. And so the, this part, chapter 24, the last chapter of the book of Luke is the most important chapter in every gospel has this portion, which is what comes after the death because the death is huge. And like some of the, the people said and what they thought and why the Jewish leaders wanted to kill Jesus, because if he died, then all his followers and all that would just kind of go to the wayside once the leader was gone. And so uh, Luke, the book of Luke doesn't talk about it, but the, some of the other gospels do. But the Jewish leaders were afraid that someone might steal Jesus's body because Jesus claimed many times that in three days, he'd rise again. And so it doesn't mention it in Luke as we go through it and read it, but the other gospels do that the Jewish leaders went uh, to Pilate and asked him to post Roman guards in front of the tomb. And that's a huge deal because Roman guards, again, they were, we've all seen movies about the Romans. They were fierce warriors. And when someone's charged with guarding something, if they don't do their job, their life depends on it. So things don't disappear from roaming cards because uh, someone's life is at stake. And so this, this chapter, just to want to uh, start out with that preface that the Bible doesn't, and the claims of Jesus don't make as much sense without the resurrection. In fact, it'd be hard to get people to follow Jesus and his teachings if there was no resurrection, 
people would have forgot about him over time and what happened. But we're going to see not only was he resurrected, but then he came back and, and talked to everyone. So Meredith, why don't you begin reading here in chapter 24? To what? Uh, just read the first section here. Go through that and then on to the next page. But very early on Sunday morning, the women came to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone covering the entrance had been rolled aside. So they went in, but they couldn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They were puzzled, trying to think of what could have happened to it. Suddenly, two men appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed low before them. Then the men asked, Why are you looking in a tomb for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Don't you remember what he told you back in Galilee? That the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, that he would rise again on the third day? That's awesome. So, Ruthie, what happened here? These they went in and he wasn't there. That's right. And so they were going there to prepare the body right? To, to put spices and things embalming uh, for someone that had died. And they were going to have to figure out how to get the stone away and do it. But they get there and nobody. But who's there instead? Who did they see? The people. Well, the the angels, right? And what what were they? They were like every time someone sees an angel, <laughs> what happens? They're They're what? really surprised surprised and afraid and they probably they fell down and bowed low before him because apparently when you see an angel it's a scary scary sight must be super powerful they, we don't know everybody thinks angels are so beautiful and all of that and i'm sure they're very dazzling and gorgeous uh but for a human to see them it must be very intimidating and scary so they fell flat on the ground and, and bowed before the angels but they said why are you looking in a grave for someone that's alive. And so they were shocked, amazed, uh, and they ran back. So let's read what happens next here. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. The women who went to the tomb were Mary, Mag, how do you say that? Magdalene. Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several others. They told the apostles what ha had happened, but the story sounded like nonsense, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter ran to the tomb to look. Stopping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. So pretty amazing here. The, the women go back to tell the apostles what had happened. And they don't believe them because it sounds like nonsense. And really, to anyone, it sounds like nonsense, doesn't it? Sounds crazy. They all saw Jesus die. They put him in the tomb. They went to go see him, and he's gone. And they talked to an angel. Clearly, Peter thought something was going on because he ran down there. And I think John went with him in one of the other uh, accounts, um, actually in John for sure because he wrote it. <laughs> he talks about the two of them running down there together. But Luke only records uh, the story about Peter going, and clearly they uh, didn't know what had happened here. So 
sounds like nonsense, not only to the disciples, but probably to anyone that heard this. So let's continue on here, Mayor. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles out of Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were thinking about everything that had happened. Suddenly, Jesus himself came along and joined them and began walking beside them. But they didn't know who he was because God kept them from recognizing him. You seem to be in deep discussion about something, he said. What are you so concerned about? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all of the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did wonderful miracles. He was a mighty teacher, highly regarded by both God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders arrested him and handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We thought that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. That all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they had seen angels who told them that Jesus was alive. Oh, wait, I skipped a line. <laughs> they came back with this amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus was alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, Jesus' body was gone, just as the woman had said. Then Jesus said to them, You are such foolish people. You find it so hard to believe that all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted by the prophets that the Messiah would have to suffer for all these things before entering into the time of glory? Then Jesus quoted quoted passages from the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining what all the scriptures said was about himself. So that's pretty amazing. So they're going along two people that were followers of Jesus, not his disciples. And now they're, they're leaving Jerusalem and going to another city. They're talking about what's going on and bam, Jesus shows up, but they don't recognize him as Jesus. And so I love their description of what had happened, right? Did you pay attention to the, the description there, Ruthie? So they, they talk about, one, you must, the first thing they say, you must be the only person in Jerusalem that doesn't know this. What's that tell you about Jesus? Wait, say that again. The, the first thing they said was, you must be the only person in Jerusalem that doesn't know about the things that happened to Jesus. So what what is that? What do you think that means? Um, if you're the only person that hasn't heard something in a giant city where everybody's come in, what does that, what does that mean? To Jesus or to you? Or what does it mean about Jesus and what happened? If it means everybody's heard about it, right? I mean, yeah, everyone knows about it. They're right. all there. So they're shocked that this person wouldn't know, which it, it implies that Jesus was famous and all the things that happened to Jesus were well known all through Jerusalem. This is going to be very, very important when we get to the book of Acts uh, and we go through that because all the things that happen about the story, wh where does Christianity get its first start? After Jesus dies and and the believers go where do, 
that first start, do you know where, where it really got its first start? When he was born? No, no. It's after he dies, after Jesus dies, when does Christianity really get its first start? What city does that happen in? Jerusalem. That's right. It happens in Jerusalem. Now, that's a big deal. And the reason it is, like they said, everybody knew about what had happened. Everybody heard the reports. And so for a religion to start immediately after Jesus's death or within a few weeks, everybody had heard about it and knew what had happened. And so if they were making things up or the stories weren't true, everyone would know about it. And so that's an interesting point to just to back up, Ruthie, the validity of Christianity and why we can have faith, because it didn't start in some city that was far away from where things happened, where they just heard the stories. It started in the city where all these things happened, where everybody saw it, everybody knew about it. And these people would be shocked to think that one person that was there hadn't heard of Jesus and heard of all the things. So I asked that that question to you and probably didn't ask it well, but but it really was about what they said really showed that everyone there knew about what was going on with Jesus. So I'll go and continue from here. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus, and at the end of their journey, Jesus would have gone on, but they, but they begged, begged, them, begged him to stay the night with them since it was getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took a small loaf of bread, asked God's blessing on it, and broke it, then gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and at that moment, he disappeared. Now, that's pretty amazing, isn't it, Ruthie? So they broke bread. He gave thanks, and their eyes were opened spiritually to see that it was Jesus. And then, boom, he vanishes. <laughs> I mean, that's a, I mean, that would kind of freak you out, wouldn't it? I mean, you're sitting there talking to someone. You've been walking on the road with them, and immediately he disappears. So, again, another miracle. They realize who it is, and then what happens? They said to each other, didn't our hearts feel strangely warm as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. So it's night now, but they couldn't stay. <laughs> they couldn't stay. They're like, we got we to gotta go tell everybody. So they, uh, what's it say? Within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem, where the 11 disciples and the other followers of Jesus were gathered. When they arrived, they were greeted they were greeted with the report, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. So not only had they appeared to them on the road to Emmaus, the Lord appeared to Peter separately. And so now everyone's getting reports. He's really risen. The excitement is starting to build and people are, are trying to understand what, what does this mean? What does this mean? I mean what, what do you think, Mayor? What do you think um, the disciples, they were, you know, sad and gripped with fear and probably hiding out. And now Jesus has appeared to them. What, what do you think they're thinking at this point? The disciples? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting timeline. I wasn't here when y'all discussed chapter 23, but I, it's been three days since he's been dead. So 
I don't know. I think it's hard to get a grasp of like the time, but like if you can imagine them sitting there like wallowing in, you know, sadness and regret and like despair and, you know, they're also like afraid and it's been, you know, these long like three days. I'm sure that's enough time for it to kind of sink in, you know, like he's gone, like he's really gone. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like what have we done the past how long were they with him? Three years? Three years. Um, so I'm sure that would, if I was a disciple, that would be setting in for me. Like, what do I do now? You know, like, can't go back to my, like, do I go back to my family? So I'm sure they were all, like, very afraid and confused. And, of course, like, the Romans are after them. I'm sure they know because they're all kind of hiding out because they've killed their leader. Like, who's to say they won't come for them as well? Um, so I think in this time where the Lord is revealing to them, like, know, like, what he said was true, and, like, he had, like, I have risen him from the dead, and, like, he is back. I think it's kind of, like, almost exciting and just, like, revitalizing, and mm -hmm. that, like, they are realizing now that, like, they do have hope, and, like, not only have they not wasted, you know, the years of their lives, but, like, everything that he said was true, and, like, the people can like receive salvation and like receive forgiveness and like hope and all of these things that like Jesus offers us. And yeah, like it's all true and it's yep. true for us today. It's crazy, <laughs> but I must've been extremely exciting to know that the, you know, the a person that you loved wasn't dead. Yeah. I, I, it, it just shock. And I, I agree with you, Mayor. I think excitement, don't you think Ruthie would be a big part of, the feelings when, like you said, Mayor, they probably, my guess is over those three days, you made a really good point. They're probably thinking, what do I do with my life now? They're probably going, all right, Jesus is dead. Do I go back to being a fisherman or a tax collector? Or what do I do with my life now that my leader's gone? They're probably just trying to figure that out. And then when they hear, or even if you're Peter and he's appeared to you, the excitement you must be feeling has got to be off the charts. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. It's got to be excitement and a little bit of fear on what's going to happen next. Is God going to bring his kingdom in? So they, they don't know what's going to happen, but it had to be, Ruthie, an awesome, awesome time to be there and be around. And you can just sense and hear in the words the ex excitement and astonishment of what's happening. So um, let's read this here, Ruthie. Then the two from Emmaus, yeah, Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. I mean, isn't that awesome? You're there, you're telling stories and you've got a group of people. And imagine they're all in one small room or in a room in a building. No doors open, nothing happens, and bam. I mean, this this is like out of a science fiction movie. And right in the room, Jesus just materializes. Just awesome. This is how, this is why I can't wait. We've got another series we're going to start, but then when we come back to Acts, the whole book of Acts is like this. And, and Acts stands for the Acts of the Disciples. And it talks about the whole beginning of the church. And there are miracles and things that happen in there nonstop. 
So it's, it's one of my favorite books of the whole Bible. So sorry to stop you there, Ruthie, but this has just got to be amazing right now. Jesus is appearing left and right out of nowhere, just materializing. Go ahead and continue. He said, peace be with you. But the whole group was terribly frightened, <laughs> thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why do you doubt who I am? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that's really me. So again, like seeing an angel uh, is scary. Seeing someone that you thought was dead has got to be really scary. Is it a ghost? Is it, what is it? And he says, no, look at my hands. You can see where they were pierced. Look at my feet. You can, so clearly he's trying to show them, I'm here, I'm flesh, but it, it has to be scary. If I mean, I, look, we see stuff on TV now that people had never seen and people van appearing and vanishing seems somewhat normal to us, but it's not normal in real life. And if someone just appeared in this room with us, we'd probably scream <laughs> and run away or do something. But but they're terrified and afraid. And so Jesus is trying to reassure them. Um, and, and he wants to show them that this is real and you can feel safe and trust me. So go ahead, continue. Still, they stood there doubting, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything to eat. They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. So I believe he did this, right? To help calm them down and show that he, can a ghost eat? No. I don't think so. <laughs> I've never seen a ghost. I don't think they can eat, but they wanted to show him or show them that, hey, I'm a person, I'm here I'm flesh, and uh, even though he's, I mean, it's amazing. He appeared out of nothing, and he'll disappear into nothing. But they, I think he wanted to calm them down and do a normal, regular thing, which was eating. And so he ate some broiled fish that they had there to help them feel more comfortable. All right, go ahead, Ruthie. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me by Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must all come true. Then he opened their minds to understand these many scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah must suffer and die and rise again from the dead on the third day. With my authority, take this message of repentance to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who turn to me. You are witnesses of all these things. And now, now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So that is awesome. There's a whole bunch in that part that you just said. Is that to the very end of chapter 24? It is. Did you read it right there? No. No, not to then. All right. So this is a couple of really cool things here. One. Jesus says, all these things that happened had to happen. They were prophesied long ago, right? These, and so just as it said in the Old Testament that all these things had to happen, they've happened. Now, on the third day, I've risen. And that is really good for everyone. But now I want you to go spread the word. 
beginning in Jerusalem and going to the ends. This is kind of like the Great Commission, they call, when he says, Ruthie, this Great Commission is for us today. He did it to the original believers, but it it, it still is a job for me, for you, for Mayor. And so he says, hey, take this message of repentance, of turning away from sin and turning to God, and that forgiveness comes through the death of Jesus Christ and his blood on the cross. That's our belief in him it is what saves us. And so he says, take that message to the ends of the earth. So pretty awesome there. And he says, and then it's pretty, they don't understand what's coming, but they say, and this is where it's so cool what happens in Acts. And so remember, the book of Luke is written by Luke. Who is the book of Acts written by? Luke. Luke again. Bingo. Good job. And so both those books, they're two books written to the same person by Luke. So he's writing to his friend Theophilus, and he's documented. So this is the gospel follows a similar format to the other three. But then maybe the most important book of the whole Bible, because the book of Acts connects everything that happened in the gospels with all the other letters that are there and says, hey, here's how the church got started. Here's what happened after Jesus uh, died and went back up into heaven. He showed himself, was resurrected, showed himself to everyone, was around for how, anybody know how long he was around? Ruthie, how long was he around? It's a special number of days in the Bible. What do you think? Take a guess. Um, 20? I don't know. Mayor, what do you think? thought it was seven it's 40 and they don't talk about it here but he was around for 40 days yeah it is and so like the same amount of time uh you know noah spent on on there how many days he spent in the wilderness 40 is a special number of days anyway he spent some time over 40 days appearing and doing things wasn't constantly there but would appear uh to his disciples and then ascended into heaven um but then after that the Holy Spirit would be given. And that's where great power was given to the church and just a lot of wisdom uh, was given. And we have that same Holy Spirit today. So Mary, do you want to finish the chapter? Then Jesus led them to Bethany and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. They worshiped him and then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spend all of their time in the temple praising God. So awesome. Well, thank you for, for reading and joining us today, Meredith. Uh, Ruthie, Ruthie, what do you think? Any uh, comments or thoughts on the conclusion of Luke and the exciting, uh, just the excitement here at the resurrection? And uh, this is like kind of the Easter morning and then the continuation of Jesus showing himself. Any thoughts or comments on on how we wrap up on really the foundation of our faith. Without this chapter in each of the four gospels, it would be, we wouldn't, we probably wouldn't have Christianity today. What do you think? Mm. Um, I like how like we talked more about the disciples and like, besides Jesus, because I feel like 
at Sunday school, they only talk about like what Jesus was thinking or like doing. Yeah. But we talked more about like the other people. That's right. And, and that's an important point. And, and you see it here because Jesus is gone. And so we see and, and we're people just like, you know, the individuals here, there was nothing special about the disciples. And it's a really good point, Ruthie. I think Jesus specifically picked ordinary people uh, to be his disciples, to, to found the church so that everyone would know that it really came from Jesus and from God that these things happen. So we can relate a great deal uh, to every one of these people that are mentioned here. The book of Acts, Ruthie, if you like that part, it will be absolutely the same when we get to the whole book of Acts. Oh, and Meredith, I'll, I'll let you mention this point. There, there's something special that happened um, that, that you bring up here that I think is really worth noting. Oh, I just thought it was worth noting since you are a dad of three girls, <laughs> that the women were actually the first people to see that Jesus was resurrected, that he was alive. I just think it's it's cool that, well, I mean, who knows what it means, but it seems intentional. I mean, our, we have a sovereign God, so everything he does is intentional. But I just think it's interesting that the women were the ones that discovered that Jesus was alive and that, um, I mean, there are different accounts of like who the woman encountered when they were there, but in some of the other gospels, like Jesus appears to them. It's clear that Jesus appears to them first, like as a gardener or this or that. It's, it's all details, but I think it's really cool that that was kind of in there and like they were bringing like the spices to go like take care of him and like, you know, be like intentional and so, yeah, that's just Meredith, that's a great point on the women being the first to the tomb and to see Jesus. Uh, you know, it's something that really highlights the authenticity of the Bible uh, and the writers of the Bible to show that women were the first. There are many writers at that time would probably have just focused on the men and not the women. So really good point. Well, look, what a what a great finish to the book of Luke. Thank you for those that have been joining. And we're excited to, to take a different route. We're going to go into our next series. Uh, we'll do a quick introduction in our next show and tell you all about it. So thank you for joining.